Hi, Jeremy. Hi, Raphael. What's um, going on? Hang on. Can we restart that? I'm, no, never mind. I just I moved my chair. And we're just talking about getting the sound right, so I feel terrible. <laughs> and I often, no, at the beginning, I always mess up. I take like a, a sip of my tea or... It's called authentic. <laughs> okay, listeners, uh, I'm back at home, so I have a, a real microphone. I have no idea if anyone will notice the difference, but well, we do. You sound beautiful. Yeah. Um, you wanted to talk about privacy. Did I? I said privacy? Is that what I said? I oh, 3D avatars? <laughs> oh, well, sort of. I think there are a bunch of things. Let's think about, like, this might be our last podcast of the year, right? Yeah. Well, I'm going to Brazil and... Uh, are you go- going away for Christmas? Um, no, I mean, because, no, so the short the short answer is no, and I'm really excited about not going anywhere for, last year I traveled, but I've been traveling so much this year, it's one of the things I wanted to talk about was like, travel in general, and how people, yeah, uh, well, I'd love to are. talk about travel, yeah, okay. um, yeah, and privacy maybe will somehow, maybe that's the challenge there, <laughs> and then maybe the 3D avatars could be the future of travel. Yeah, yeah, because there, yeah, there was an interesting thing that happened to me in regards to the 3D avatar this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's just start talking about you know you're about to, to to go on some travel, but how much travel did you do this year? Um, I I'm not sure it a lot. <laughs> I, I think we're both at the point where we'd rather travel less. So in in the beginning, as an artist, you're like, whoa, I get to travel, mm-hmm. and then I remember I remember a teacher telling me when I was in school. Uh, you know, like for some reason, this was their advice. They were like, "You know, you're, Jeremy, you're going to be very poor, <laughs> but but you're going to get to travel the world and and meet great people." And, yeah. and they were they were generally correct. Actually, <laughs> it was the most accurate prediction of probably their own life. But I was looking up statistics actually just before uh, while I was waiting for you. And the average American, anyway. Um, took you know uh, actually 50 percent of Americans last year didn't even take a vacation day 50 um, percent of Americans yeah because their life is one big vacation <laughs> right, yeah that's what everyone says I, 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 I get my hair cut a, a Japanese barber mm-hmm. and he told me this story of the last last samurai still in the 70s or something mm. um, and these people are very disciplined and strict and he was an old man and they started some law that legally everybody would have two weeks of vacation in Japan, and he said that would be the downfall of the country. Like, Who needs this vacation? What is this idea? This is ridiculous. And what happened? Did they bring? Do they have any vacation? <laughs> yeah, 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 they do. But it was just he came. But they, they also came from a mindset where your daily life has to be fulfilling, so you don't need a break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I I do get this sense of guilt when I'm not working. You know, yeah. so like. If I was to travel for pleasure, I, I have a, it's like, it's very difficult for me at first. The first few days are kind of this, uh, I, it's almost like I'm coming off of a drug. But it, it, <laughs> yeah, it might also, it's not just guilt, it's also that um, we call it work, so then it sounds like obligation, but you actually love doing yeah, I really what enjoy we call it. work. Yeah. So then if you're doing fun stuff all the time and somebody says you can't do that for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's why I say it's like coming off of a drug a little bit. You're just like, I know, I, I really, I need to, I need to do this thing, and you, and <laughs> and you, there's this stress that builds up in the person, the other person, your your partner maybe or family is like, no, you're gonna kill yourself with all of this stress. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no, yeah. it's not stressful. It's stressful not to do it. Um, yeah, but that could they 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 refer to that I think as a form of workaholism if if the work makes you unhappy, but if it makes you happy, you're right. It's that energy. And actually, I've been traveling. I did a sort of a calculation of my own travel. Oh yeah, one other statistic I looked up is how many flights has the average American. Well, you you did a lot of flights because you were teaching in New York, and you live in Toronto, and you would come to New York once a week. That was last year, but this year yeah. I just did. I just said yes to everything. <laughs> but you're also and a performer, that, so that's in the, you. Yeah. I, sometimes I have if there's a group show, I probably won't go myself, and uh, well, yeah, just email yeah. the work. Okay, but you don't like going. Like I, I enjoy going to to group shows. Like I just had a group show and I traveled for, it and I, I enjoyed that trip. No, I don't. I, I, I'd rather go somewhere for three weeks and spend the time and uh, get to yeah. know the place than go in and out. Mm. And because uh, that's my new my new thing. 
I just I go in the morning and I come back at night. <laughs> I guess that's okay. It's it's just the ratio of uh, travel and the ratio of being there is very low. Then it's mm -hmm. like you're there for two hours and it's all in all with with uh, packing and getting ready. This is what I wanted to talk about a little bit. These these yeah. travel rituals, the, the 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 details of travel. Because I have this thing when if I have a flight, let's say I have a flight at four in the afternoon, then you're kind of organizing stuff in the morning or even the day before. And that time before, you're already in the airport in your brain. Mm -hmm. You're at home, but you're kind of you're you're doing some emails, but you're not going to start a new project. So it's not really a work day. Mm, I see what you're saying. So mm -hmm. I, and sometimes I feel like. If you travel a lot and you're always in this in-between zone and you're not, you don't have the full days to start new stuff, you're constantly in a waiting room. Mm. That's interesting because I, I, I something flipped in me this year, um, like a switch, I guess. Because uh, I did, mm -hmm. I did about forty flights this year, which so I was traveling. I was probably flying once a week. Yeah. Um, and. One thing that changed was I decided not to prepare for my trips. Maybe no okay. one should hear. So, so when you just I just treat it like a bus, like yes. on the subway. <laughs> so I would yeah. do the work on the plane, and I actually had a. Uh, I someone else gave me this advice a long time ago, but I didn't think in another artist that travels a lot, Jonas Lund. He did a series of paintings on planes, actually, and did, and made uh, a show about okay. that because he was traveling so much. Yeah, he's like, yeah, well, yeah. I might as well use this time productively. Yeah. Um, and then he, his whole advice was don't do any work when you're not traveling. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's your downtime. And then as soon as yeah. you get on the plane, you like you work hard because you're on a mission. Right. It's like that's when the, the clock starts. ticking. And, and out of those 40 flights, how many did you miss? Uh, I've only ever missed one flight in my life. And here's the secret about that is no one misses flights. Right. <laughs> you have to really screw it up. Because they also put a little person in like the security area that asks you when your flight's going to yeah, take off. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and so you can well, actually my, save time. My and method skip the is line. just to go go very far ahead because that that's what I mean. I'll be at home, <clears throat> sort of in this I'm going to fly mode, and then I, well, might as well go early instead. Of, it, whether I'm at home, sort of sitting around, or at the airport sitting around, it's not that different then. Mm. Yeah, but that's a to me that's just a terrible waste, Raphael. <laughs> yeah, because airports like the more time I spend in them, the less time I want to be near them. Yeah, um, yeah. and you know, generally, what, what could people do to make airports more fun? They're getting a little bit better, I have to say. I mean, you you've probably been to quite a few. What's your favorite airport? Hmm, I think it's not uh, a Munich, New York airport. Munich was really nice. Oh no, <laughs> American airports are terrible. <laughs> I like when people say this is the best country in the world, and then. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's weird. It is the best country in the world because I decided to move here. So it is. But, it is the best. It, they and the reason it's the best maybe is because they don't spend very much time thinking about their airports. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was oh at, no! And now that I think about it, the Tokyo airport, is the best. It's the best because they have the best food. My favorite um, might be Schiphol in Amsterdam, which you you go. Yeah, I didn't lot. want to say that because it's my hometown, <laughs> yeah. and but it's it's so well organized. I know it's amazing. It's really well designed. But I didn't want to say that because I'm I'm uh, I grew up with that airport, so maybe the, the Stockholm airport or this uh, uh, Zurich airport is better. Zurich's really nice. Zurich always reminds me of some kind of like a like a, it's a it's a modern film or something. Like there's or I don't know. It's like this like pure a industrial film or space. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like it, there could yeah. it's like a tech like violent film or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Schiphol airport, I just know all the corners, and it's also. Um, but for example, the security line and uh, the passport control, everything is so friendly and, and fast. Mm -hmm. And when you arrive in the United States, you feel like you're a criminal. Yeah. So like, well, here's the thing. Here's the difference, I think, between European, European airports and North American airports is in North America, it's like they planned that there were going to be 10 people flying. <laughs> and then like a hundred thousand showed up <laughs> and in Europe they just assumed there's going to be like a million people and then a hundred people showed up <laughs> yeah so the, the weirdest is that the Tokyo airport always seems empty whenever I arrive you're like wait is this a, did I arrive in some small town in Japan by accident and it's 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 a big airport, but it doesn't feel huge. I don't know the architecture. Somehow, they, you you can't see that far, so you you, it doesn't have that feeling of like a, a town where you can see a lot of things. Mm -hmm. You don't see a lot of things at once. 
So you're like, wait, and it's not so familiar. So you're going through all these corridors and then you get to the passport check and there's like 40 people. Mm-hmm. You're like, wait, is this one of the biggest cities in Asia? It, yeah, I, I, I've def- I, the reason I'm laughing is because I felt that way at certain airports at big cities. And then in other ones, like I was at LAX this week and it was like, it was ridiculous. Like they had the security line. You had to go up an escalator. <laughs> like as soon as I walked in the door, like it was like there was a meter of space between the door and the security line starting. It was like almost like did an apocalypse happen? Did I miss something? <laughs> yeah, the, the LA airport, though, I have to say, the the international um, terminal and waiting room and it kind of has a mall and it has these amazing huge LED sculptures. Yeah, there's some cool design. So I have to say, out of all the U.S. airports, they, I think it's just the New York airports and that, that I see them often. And it's also the people who work at the New York airports just seem really unhappy because <laughs> when you arrive in LA, people That's are a, kind of I've they, some they, pretty cool people, people don't look like they they look like rested. Here's so one thing look, that Amer- here's one thing though: the security people at American airports they're really funny sometimes. Like they'll, they'll yeah, they yeah, crack jokes because they'll do their security routine. There's this one guy, and I, it's I, also the the system is so overloaded, so they're just yeah, like, exactly. okay, yeah, <laughs> let's just make something out of it. Yeah, there's this guy that does a comedy routine at Newark that I love. <clears throat> I see him quite often. He's like. Uh, older gentleman with a beard uh, I mean it doesn't matter what he looks like but he, he does this comedy routine where he's like okay you do have if you have a laptop put it in your tray if you've got two laptops wow you're lucky put that in a tray three laptops whoa you must be something special <laughs> he goes on to like ten laptops like, ten laptops what are you yeah. doing with ten laptops anyway I think that's something that I love about the US is that no matter how bad it gets they find a way to make something out of it yeah, yeah. This guy was like creative. He was doing a stand-up routine, and he also had this whole thing. You got something in your pocket, and then he pulls out like a SpongeBob SquarePants out of his own pocket. He's like, how did that get in there? <laughs> it's just like anyway, it lightens the mood and what is otherwise like a miserable experience. But and and you know that like if you've gone through security very many times, you just have to be a very positive force in that security line as well. Yeah, because they detect your negativity, <laughs> and it's like if you're detected as a negative person, it's like, hmm, sir, we're gonna have to check your bag or. <laughs> Oh yeah, you know, and it's like, have you ever seen someone? Dis- I have this. I have this thing in the Netherlands when you go through customs, and sometimes they will look, want to see your luggage, and sometimes they don't. Yeah. My theory is, don't look them in the eye. <laughs> That's your theory. A few yeah. times I would look the, at them directly, like, sir, step over here, please. <laughs> I saw this kid in, in the U.S. customs, and uh, they were going through security, and he was eating an apple, and the the security. God had to take his apple, and the kid was crying. He's like, "No, we can't have plants from other countries into our country." Oh, Imagine yeah. having that job when you have to take an apple from a kid. Yeah, that sounds like a staged experience that for TV yeah. or something like that. Anyway, we should get tra- sort of back on the track for our audience. Um, I'm just thinking, like, it's just two guys talking about airport security. <laughs> That's our <laughs> podcast. It's the airport yeah. security podcast with Jeremy yeah. and Raphael. Uh, but I mean, one thing you know is what, what I was about miles. About, what about miles? Yeah. Oh, like collecting air miles. Yeah. That's a super good way for you to save money for like a fun trip. But I do that. Um, I usually get one one flight a year out of my miles. Okay. Um, but I think a lot of people just don't use their miles. That's the, what I always hear. Well, what the thing that bothered me? <coughs> excuse me. The thing that bothered me was that um, I always fly to different destinations. So and I always want to have a direct flight. So it, just to explain a little bit, miles is you have to be part of a club, and there's basically three clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so for me it makes sense to be with the one of Delta and KLM. Okay. But then if I fly directly to Japan from New York, my club doesn't fly directly. So then I, it, if I want to really work on the miles, I would have to fly with Delta through another place, and it would take me six extra hours. Yeah, that's why I say you just save it for a vacation. <clears throat> I would never like fly the, the, for business on my air miles. I, I have so what I did is I, I became a member of all three clubs and then just see which one would accumulate. Oh, okay. And so it was the KLM club. But then you try to book flights with the miles and it's never yeah. like sorry, we don't have flights on that day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I just So use then them you can get a flight to Siberia in May or something. <laughs> no, I don't think there are any, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just use it for a vacation. I, I mean it's not really 
I actually use it quite often. I give them to Kristen or something, you know, to join me on a trip. Or, oh, okay. You know. But you don't you don't use it to uh, get flight status so you can. Uh, well, here's the most important thing. Usually, seats and all that yeah. Stuff. Usually, the most important thing for me is like I'm gonna fly in somewhere. I need to perform. I need that flight to be like a. Don't get me up too early because then I ruin my whole day. You might as well not even you know. I might not well not even come. And like to, when you have to wake up at three to get to the airport. Yeah, exactly. It's like. No, thank you. I'm, that's not worth a hundred dollars. Not worth thousand dollars because you're taking a whole day away from me. And you're taking three days because it gets. Yeah. Well, that's another thing. Yeah. The, yeah. The time zones. Yeah. Yeah. Time zone. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. It's true. But then, you know, also make sure that the flight has like, for God's sakes, like food and water. There are these flights now that don't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're gonna have to power the airplane. Grab this thing. <laughs> yeah, like the necessities of life should be covered. Because there are these new, like, cheap transatlantic flights now. They give you nothing on them. It's like, it's $99 or some ridiculous... I, I have to say, not getting food on the flight and, and knowing that, and then maybe they improve the grocery stores at the airports, that might not be a bad idea. That's actually what's happening. I don't know if you've noticed that. And then I've read a few articles that apparently, like... Because they keep bringing in local restaurants into the airports. Yeah. That's the new trend. Yeah. Yeah. Because and I'd rather... If, if it's a six-hour flight, then I'd rather just eat before... And have a snack and a drink. I've had some great meals on planes, though, like especially on like different Scandinavian airlines. Okay. Um, yeah, you where it'll just be, or you'll be flying to. It is fun. Russia it's something fun Istanbul. to do during the flight. Yeah, you sometimes get you're like, ooh, what are they going to serve? Because it kind of tells me something about the culture of the place. Because this is the yeah. food they've chosen as the iconic representation of their country. Like, well, it's also <laughs> economic and practical choices. No, but that's the thing, like. Who, who, like, what country is not making economic and practical choices? It's almost like their parliament or their, like, congress on display <laughs> as, like, a, as, a, as a dish. Oh, yeah. you've chosen uh, stale bread. And, <laughs> like, this is how they would treat the people in a crisis, right? It's like, if, there, if everything went wrong, they'd be like, they would turn to the airport cooks and they'd be like, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> how do we keep these people alive? We have nothing. Well, of course, you can stretch peanuts very far. <laughs> <laughs> but so with all the flights, do you try to uh, fly with the same airline so you get status? Yeah. So locally, I, I li so actually my whole life revolves around airports. So I move next door to an airport. I live next door to an airport that I use and it has a, a, a like one kind of main airline at it that I use to fly over all of the... Which airline is that? It's called Porter. It's the number one regional flyer in North America and I'm not receiving sponsorship dollars. But like, it's a really amazing airline. They have like a, a great lounge. You get free cappuccinos and uh, they serve you your drinks and glassware and stuff. But it's the same price as anything else. It's just that they, they have a tagline which is like flying refined, but... And do they are they a member of the Star Alliance or no 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 Sky they have their own, they have their like own thing so I have like VIP status with them because I fly with them mm. every other flight I take but when you fly to the UK or to they uh, don't fly Germany? there yeah it's just a regional no. airline so I have that for my regional airline and then if I fly to the UK yeah I have uh, Air Canada miles like which is a Star Alliance and Star Alliance yeah. for <clears throat> people who don't know is like Lufthansa Air Canada who else like I don't know a bunch of the big ones. I think Delta. No, that's another one. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Oh, maybe yeah. it's American. Yeah, it's, it's like no, United, it's Ameri it's American, maybe. mostly. I don't and, think it's and, United. And Swedish Airlines. United's the worst airline. Everyone knows that. Which one? United. I think it's... Is a, it? I think it's... Yeah, I think it's considered the worst airline in the world. I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I, think I didn't know that. Yeah. Because yeah. <clears throat> they, they damage people's stuff. And so, yeah, as I said, with... As artists, if you are not getting that much money, how do you get the most out of the travel? And I think the miles, it, it sounds silly, but if you're spending that much time traveling, yeah, then if you get upgraded seats and you're more rested at your performance or things like that. Yeah, yeah, that matters. I mean, you, you always hear about like, you know, stars that get, you know, have very like private planes or ridiculous stuff. And you're like, they're so spoiled. But really, they're just trying to deal with the I, I, it, kind of it, it does. It I saw Everlane once, the, the rapper on a, he was in the business class, I was in coach. Mm -hmm. And we got to the, we got to the destination and his driver picks him up and he doesn't look the driver in the eye and just throws <laughs> the bag on the floor. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like, why do you have to do that? <laughs> He's just a jerk. Yeah, I, mean, I guess he was pissed that. that he wasn't flying private. So we just assume every if you if you fly in coach, which I do, I, I've only flown in uh, business class once. But you, as you walk past those people, you're like, what makes these people better than me? How how do they do this? <laughs> like, yeah. But you know, a lot of times, and it, it immediately flips when you're in business class. You're like, oh, those suckers. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, I, I've only done it once, and I. It was just I got an upgrade, and I think it's because I wore a nice shirt to the airport. <laughs> mm. I also read I, something. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I mean, I just I, they when they asked for volunteers to put your, you know, could you put your bag in the hold or something like that? Yeah, yeah. I was like, yes, and I was wearing like a, a like an I was dressed nicely, and they're like, would you like an upgrade? I was just very pleasant about the. Whole <laughs> oh my! <laughs> How kind of you. Yeah, I but, mean, it was the opposite of my normal experience. Where like, you know, they're trying to get rid of me. Uh, but yeah, what the, did you hear? The, no, the, I I read somewhere that they tried doing an all business class flight and it didn't work because then the people don't feel special. So you need the both in the in the oh. flight. Well, this is, there are new because otherwise they're just standing in line like everybody. I was also at Munich Airport, and they flew me out business class for a conference. Mm-hmm. But Munich is such a rich business area yeah. that uh, the line at the business class check-in was way longer than coach. Oh, okay. So I mean, there. And then they had they had business class, executive business class, senator class. So they have all kinds senator. of senator. Yeah. <laughs> That's all, so funny. Like I was allowed in the business lounge, but then the the. Yeah. So I had a hack for this for a long time, which is. Not really a hack, but you know, they, there's always this special line at almost every airport. There's like one, cre- there's a credit card you can use to get ahead of the line. Like it'll be like, are you using the new Adventura business class credit card? Oh, then you can take this Cloud 10 line straight to the front. And so at Toronto Airport, they have like, if you have a Platinum Amex, and I had sort of managed to get myself one not that it was expired <laughs> and i would use that to like sneak ahead to the front of the line which i never felt guilty about no because yeah no, because I, there was like fine. all kinds of people like kind of going through there that you know but then the, the funny thing is what's the benefit of going ahead of the line because the plane leaves leaves the same time for everybody it's true it's true and you do have as I, it's, I, it's just funny when you sit waiting for boarding and everybody's already standing in the line for Maybe an hour and a half before the, the, even the, the gate opens. This They're is already new, standing in line, yeah, but the yeah. seats are fixed. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a new phenomenon. I don't know why people do that. So my routine usually is like, I get to the airport as late as possible. I'll try and skip the line because I'm so late. And then I will go and do like some food shopping because I know there's not going to be food on the plane. And maybe I'll look up, I'll look at some magazines that I'm, because that's the only place in the world where magazines still exist. The paper magazines exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah maybe um, at the haircut, the, the hairdresser. Yeah. Like I might buy, so I might, and I might, I'll, maybe I'll look at a magazine I've never read before. I don't know. And then I'll, I'll get some gum and then they'll probably be announcing boarding, but like, mm, there's still probably a line. So I'll, yeah. maybe I'll, you know, just do a little strolling around. I usually will at, wait until the very last minute and go to the bathroom because there's no way I want to get up from my window seat, ask the person next to me, can I use the bathroom on the plane? So like I prioritize not going to the bathroom on the plane because once I get on the plane, I want to like sort of just like be in my own zone. I'll wear a hoodie so that when I get on the plane, I like block out all other humanity. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And Uh, they also make the airplanes really cold for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. So I wear long johns. That's my secret there. These are I'm just like rattling through (laughs) all my tips. And I will definitely wear a hoodie. You want to wear things that you can take on or put on. Depend- yeah, on, I wear take- a beanie. I, I yeah. bring that and a face mask. And that's actually better than bringing... I used to wear a neck pillow, but that's a really uh, awkward device once you leave the airport. <laughs> it's yeah, like, it's huge. It's huge. And the inflatable ones don't feel good. They're terrible. I've tried the inflatable. And not, yeah. I had a memory foam one. It was comfortable, but actually it still wasn't. Like they, It's almost like they designed the chair to make it impossible to be comfortable anyway. <laughs> So really, you just want that window That would seat. be a nice conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, like somebody true. invented chairs that are extremely uncomfortable. Well, have you ever noticed like your neck can never be supported? Like No. <laughs> I also like to, I like to have a window seat. Yeah. But then the window is exactly where your head's supposed to rest. So if they would have the, the bump of the window slightly forward so you could... But yeah. no. But that's why what you want to do is think of wear a knapsack. Don't don't bring rolling luggage. And first of all, I hope everyone knows you never check your luggage. That's ridiculous, right? 
You would never check your luggage. Oh, I disagree. Oh, uh, Raphael. You don't, no, you, no, 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 no. Let me tell you why. Because, because you want you, you want to wear more? suits. No, if you wear suits, then you need a big suitcase to fit them in. Okay, well, I mean, this is like, I mean, you're part of the 1% who wears suits. But if you're not wearing a suit, if you're an artist who just wears black jeans and black t-shirts. No, but also I, I like to go running where, I, I, I mean, I'm all about less stuff. But uh, when I travel, I bring almost as much stuff as I would have in normal life. So I need running shoes. I need some nice clothes. I need some uh, pajamas. I need, so I just bring a lot of different things. You sound like a terrible. That's those are terrible. But I might be there for three three weeks. So. Here's your pajamas. Your pajamas are your underwear and a t-shirt that no, you're already you wearing. No, because you sit around in the hotel room. I wear my pajamas on that first flight because I know <laughs> that that what's gonna happen is I'm gonna land. I'm gonna have a difficult day or whatever. And then I need something. I don't want to pack. I don't want precious space going to pajamas. So it's whatever I wore the first day is the pajamas for the rest of the. I trip. yeah. My logic was that a few times I was at a destination where I missed certain things and I thought, okay, I'm just going to get the biggest suitcase. I usually take a cab from the airport, so what's the thing that I lose from having a big suitcase? I mean, I don't know, Ralph. It sounds like you're you're traveling like as if it, it, it matters. <laughs> like you just... You have you have to think. Of, I always have this expression. It's like I'm not in my body at this time. Like I'm a wisp of air that's just mm. traveling through space. It's okay. I'm as close to a piece, a piece of information. Like I'm data in an in a fiber optic line. So I have to shed it all off. Right. The backpack also is extremely practical, but also not very cool looking. I guess I just got I just recently got a new backpack because my other one was like strained. <laughs> it was like you you always kind of look like you're going to boarding school. <laughs> well, I was going to say that the tip is your backpack, if filled with clothing appropriately, if you fill it right, is now your pillow on the on that window seat. Yeah. And you yeah. can you can create like a little couch like environment there. I also anyway. like to wear a, a thick coat and then. You either when it gets too warm, you use it as a pillow or yeah, yeah. Anyway, as a blanket. All of, yeah, all of these resources they're built right into you. That's all. That's the point I'm getting at, I guess. Well, the point I'm getting at is that I'm transitioning to wearing suits more. I would only wear them at openings or at lectures. And I know you look good in a suit. And then it gets really complicated because mm-hmm. you you want to wear a nice coat that's very long, but you don't want to fold that up between. So then you kind of get to this point where. Um, but Raphael, here's here's the thing: like, artists are allowed not to dress well, even at the even at like the most beautiful restaurant or opening for the most elite people in the world. You can show up in a pair of jeans and a and a, like a t-shirt with yeah, a mustard stain. Yeah, I, I thought about it. It doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense. Uh, of course, I could think of wearing sort of like a a, a Jedi gown, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just. Uh, end like the a, whole problem of clothing with just like like an uh, Andrea Z- or is it Zatel? She does those like. Have you ever seen? I think it's Andrea Zatel. She does these like garments that are just made of one square piece of fabric. And it, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's very efficient. Yeah, I don't know. It's just fun. Yeah, I think you just like you know you're really enjoying all of the artifice of travel, and I have the opposite, which is like okay, you know, like I want to scrape it back, you know, right down to the studs. Yeah, I mean, it's also different when I go on vacation, we're going to Brazil, then I just bring five t-shirts and two shorts and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, well, that sounds wonderful, like in a tennis bag or something, right? And mm-hmm. we've always talked about that fantasy. My thing but then recently, the other thing is in Brazil, uh, products are really expensive because of import tariffs. So I have a whole suitcase full of stuff for my family, <laughs> a water kettle and these vitamins and then somebody <laughs> wanted some. Yeah. Really? I didn't yeah. Wow, so you're currying, currying all this like uh, illicit material. Yeah, don't tell anyone. <laughs> well, I, I don't, I'm sure no one's listening. Um. <laughs> what, one of the problems with this podcast that I worry about is that it's very douchey to talk about how well you're doing. So it's well, like, oh, look at us, we're traveling around the world. But that's, no, fig- that was the point but, I wanted to get to, though. It's, it's not that douchey because I started doing this when I was in grad school insisting that's why I asked you at the beginning like you know whether you travel for a group show or whatever and I start I started noticing that if I went to these things where people weren't expecting me to come there you know that there was a you know people were really happy to see you and it's a and it's generous for you to be 
I think personally present or to go out of your way because I always get this thing it's like whoa you came all the way from Canada or something like that yeah. like, of course this is also Canada sounds like this mystical land that is where Santa true. lives or something it's true it's like I should have said like when you said Siberia I was like hey it's not that bad there it's just like <laughs> but, but you know and, and then and then they want to spend more time with you like one thing yeah. I noticed is like I can if I travel I can get a coffee date with anyone no matter that's how, true. Like, no matter yeah, what yeah, their yeah. status is, that's anywhere the funny. That's the funny thing that about city, you know? people. Uh, like artists, always um, have to think about moving to a big city or not. Mm-hmm. That's like a choice you can make. And I noticed when I wasn't living in New York, I would have way more appointments because I'd be like, I'd be here for two weeks. Yeah, let's go to every opening, every dinner, every opportunity. And when you live here, it's like, oh, I'm in my sweatpants now. I don't think I'm gonna go. Yeah, it's the scarcity effect that yeah. you get. Um, no, people are from, excited to see you because you're traveling. And here's the first, here's the question you always get when you're traveling. Of course, we all know this. It's like, you know, oh, when did you get here? And then the next question is, how long are you staying for? Or when are you leaving? Right. And yeah. what you want to do then is say like tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like yeah, you're yeah. in a situation with that person, then you're like, hey, would you like to get so dinner? You have to live in the now. Yeah, and you say to that person, let's get a drink or something. Like, and and then they have to kind of commit, right? And also, if you if you cold call someone, you'll be like. Hey, I'm in town just for the day. <laughs> but like, I liked it when I was walking around here and you just happened to be in my area. But that's, that's, that's you, right. You didn't right, even I know into. I was living here. And it's yeah. like, hey, Jeremy, okay, let's go hang out. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. I mean, I would say I really enjoy that as a, like a lifestyle of travel. And I do that very often. Well, now. that's the addictive thing of travel. I think, so for me, travel, and especially for art, kind of feels like it's your birthday. Yeah. people are excited to see you you have a dinner with a group it's all the stuff you would normally do for a birthday yeah uh, there's a special meal for you uh, people go about it. and then i had i had this a lot when i was living in in the netherlands which is my home country everything's super normal nothing mm-hmm. special it's just everything's nice and okay and then you go travel and everybody's like hey it's the birthday <laughs> party time yeah and, and then you go back to normal life and it's like you have to go do laundry, you have to go to the supermarket, all the stuff you don't have to do when you travel. Right. Yeah, it is hard for me to come back to my domestic setting. But I would say it's not even just like a birthday party. It's like you spend your whole life at the rehearsal, you know, like mm. the rehearsal dinner or the rehearsal for your big stage production. And then like it's it's show day. It's like the, it's the day where, yeah, you know, well, especially the, since you're performing, the audience is literally invited. that. Yeah, it is literally that. But sometimes it's not. And it's like, now's your chance to be out there on the stage and you're like no you know it's too much trouble oh travel yeah and so well, I think there's like, also artists who are really sort of they love being in the studio more than anything and they rather never travel i know i think it's just that like yeah maybe it's just because i really enjoy meeting the people with meeting new people and or meeting yeah. people that know my work or and i and that face-to-face it's it's the bizarre can't be replaced. It, like it's such a bizarre thing to me that um how many people live in Toronto? Um, I guess, you know, it's around 5 million people. Yeah. So it's funny that you have to travel to meet interesting people <laughs> that have a similar interest. There's 5 million people in your direct city. Like, no, there's not that many interesting people. Well, we've talked about this before, Raphael, because yeah. it's like the narrowness of like my niche and, and art in general. So, you know, yeah. of any 5 million people, what is it, like 10 of those people will know about <laughs> contemporary art? And, it, <laughs> and then in new media art, I'll yeah. be one of those. So. New media video performance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, yeah. New York, I'm, that's why I'm New York. For someone that's someone tech why the savvy York, with yeah. a sense of humor. Exactly. That's why the New York scene is like, even though it's 10 million people, it's 10 people. <laughs> so it's, yeah. like, it's like the one in a million. Yeah, um, and yeah so, but I wonder if, if you would live. Uh, I mean, I, I grew up in a pretty small town, 120,000 people. Mm hmm. That's still a lot of people. There should be enough interesting people, but uh, yeah. I, Funny there how it was works. The, I listened to this. Uh, it was another podcast once, actually, and they, <clears throat> it was about dating. And it was like, you know, how many people do you think are single that would be, you know, potential partner? And they did yeah. this math, math calculation. It was quite depressing. And they ended up, it was like five people in Chicago for this person that would be, according to their sort of preferences. And, and you could do the same thing. So that was art. like. Political choice, aesthetic choice, uh, yeah. food choice. Well, that's yeah. also the trouble of dating is that you start imagining the perfect person. Like, yeah, I want a person yeah. to 
da 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 da. Yeah, and then you meet a person there. who's all wrong, but it's wonderful. Yeah, like, and they're like within a certain age range, da da da. But anyway, yeah. the same thing is true, I think, in any art community too. And when I, you know, if I travel, usually I'm meeting often quite, you know, the the global community that you become a part of. I guess this is something we can talk about too. It's like you go from your local community to the global. Yeah, community. The, the danger though is that it. It's also local in the sense that it's very homogenous culturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm always I've always been interested in, for example, internet art from non-Western countries. But mm-hmm. the language barrier is so big that there must be amazing animated gifs from. Uh, but you just don't understand them, like. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> from Nigeria or from Mongolia or. Because internet art is such a platform, it's so accessible. So there must mm-hmm. be, in many different cultures, there must be amazing stuff. Yeah, I would assume. That's an interesting research question. Maybe something for so, a but, podcast. But it, it's this tricky realities. thing where you, where you start feeling like I'm part of a global community. Mm-hmm. But it's actually quite homogenous in, in the mindset. Yeah, I was going to say, actually. So, I mean, more often than not, I, you know, I immediately have something in common with people and almost yeah uh, well you, you the thing i always experience when you travel is when you start talking about movies mm-hmm. it's almost like a collective memory like oh yeah i remember back to the future and uh, we, we you sort of grew up the same way even if somebody's from france or they're from spain or you have this shared memory yeah there's always weird things though i mean there's a bunch of weird things i'm not gonna you know that we've talked about you it's <laughs> likewise about me when we've talked about our own countries and then there is the common vanilla thing that we all share in common yeah, um, I don't know. I, I, I find. I, yeah, I, I always I, found that that and and drugs. When you talk about those two things, then there's a bonding of like, oh yeah, yeah, I went through that. Yeah. But one thing no one talks about is like, because I, you know, talking to people I know who aren't artists. Um, I had this friend actually ask me once, he's like, how do you travel and you have and it seems like you have friends in all of these cities all over the world. And he's like, that that's so strange to me. Like, what what does that feel like, right? And this is not a boast. I think this is one of the privileges of being an artist is this global community because normal people, Raf, when they when they travel, yeah, they yeah, arrive as a tourist and they, they go to like a resort or a hotel and then they ask for like lonely planet advice or something like that. And and they're kind of living this. It's not a social. That's the great experience. thing when you when you travel and you have friends that that, that what normally would take a year of research takes 10 minutes. Yeah, like, like where do you like to go? Okay, let's go there. There are startup industries dedicated to this problem that's yeah. already been solved by artists. And guess what? The solution is build a community. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it, the, the the solution is look out for one another. And that's one of the beautiful things I think about being an artist is like everyone is so supportive when you travel, right? Yeah. And they're and they're will, like the number of people's homes I've stayed in. But yeah, the 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 greatest thing is when you travel and then you end up in someone's apartment and they have I was in Spain and somebody had this manchego and this ham from his uh, granddad's farm somewhere in the north of Spain mm-hmm. and there's no way you're gonna get that quality yeah, of food exactly. yeah so it, or I was in Japan and somebody said oh it's soba season they just harvested the new uh, grains and uh, so there's this special place that nobody knows about yeah how would you ever get there Exactly. And so you get this personal tour guide like I, like I just because I just got back from L.A. I stayed with a wonderful couple there. They drove me around. They took me to their favorite restaurants. You know, we yeah. went to we went and did stuff together. It's they funny get, you take these th- things for granted. Yeah. And, but it's yeah. like I have this like a ama- like the world's best tour guide every time yeah. I travel. And even if I stay in a hotel, this, there's still this like curator, right? Who's like your travel guide, like your built-in concierge. Who's like, yeah, oh, and it's and usually I, it, nine out of ten, it's nice people. Yes, yeah, amazing people. And so mm. the, normally, what people are used to when they travel, like if my mom, who's terrified and, and says travel is stressful, she's used to like getting off the plane. Someone's, you know, someone's trying to is asking her for money right away or trying <laughs> to steal from her. It's like. And then, and then she's like, you know, she gets to the hotel and she's like, oh, I don't know food where I should eat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's food poisoning involved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How many times have we heard that story? I've never had food poisoning when I've traveled. <laughs> I've had yeah. like amazing food experiences. In fact, like it's always funny when you do a festival, 
they'll usually set up like a like a special green room for everyone involved in the festival and they'll have like some amazing and catered kind you of haven't thing. been to south america that much have you but are they is it bad catering no but in terms of food poisoning there's the the, the, the or india the bacteria oh. are so different that the chance that you get food poisoning. <laughs> that's true yeah I, yeah the germans are, are don't know i've never had food poisoning in germany i guess no if, if you're always traveling in the anglo-saxon yeah. empire yeah <laughs> right that's true oh, well maybe i don't i don't the commonwealth is india part of the commonwealth uh that's a, yeah that's an interesting question because canada is and india was a colony so it should be part of the commonwealth technically yeah. speaking yeah um anyway i i digress but i did want to get that message out that there's like you know travel travel is you know is something as an artist that is a privilege and you're part of a community that will support you even if i even if it's the first time meeting someone they're probably going to be kind to you it's a secret handshake yeah. um, because we we all know the compromises you're making and i always get ideas artist. from traveling exactly yeah you it's have wonderful a... artworks about your travel i always think of you when i travel because you have all of these Oh, this move, yeah, 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 like sitting in a moving vehicle and mm-hmm. watching things pass by. Yeah, or looking down, you know, at the ground when you yeah. take off in a plane. Um, yeah, but uh, um, yeah, for me, it's always been very important to, to uh, get out of the routine. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's the thing. It it sort of shakes you out of that normal. I always find it tremendously refreshing. There is a little bit of stress, but like, there are these hacks that can you can reduce your stress. It's opinion. mostly how how uh, how much you care to put stress into. Like if you're standing in a line, uh, you could either say, "Oh, this is terrible. This is an outrage," or you could just say, "Like, okay, I'm standing in a line." I'll but that's read. my thing. It's like yeah. listen to a podcast when you're in line. That's what I usually yeah. do. Right? You could listen to this podcast while you're the in line. The thing back ironic. to airports is, um, I found that listening, watching movies, or listening to stuff is kind of problematic because they might announce a gate change and you're not aware. Well, what I do is I keep an app on my phone usually, or I just check the gate. Like the first thing oh, I okay. do is I go to the gate to see if anything's changed. I, yeah. I don't think you should ever delay that. That's your first mission. Yeah, because you might be having lunch and it turns out, oh, it's a 30 minute walk to your gate. Yeah, then of course, like, you know, be sensible, only wear one earbud or something. Like <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm not telling you to be stupid. I'm just saying, enjoy yourself. This is like... Yeah. This is a, a good thing, and it, it and I think we build it up as the stressful thing, but it doesn't need to be. Yeah. Um, the, the the one thing I uh, that's kind of difficult with travel is the the time zones. Mm-hmm. How do you I get mostly, over jet lag? Well, yeah. the 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 jet lag I can kind of get over it, but if I like in in three weeks I was one week in Japan and one week in the U.S. and then one week in the Netherlands, then it's pretty sure I get sick. Mm-hmm. So I'll be out for three days. That, that's I, I flew to Australia for a BYOB, mm-hmm. and I was just there for three days. Oh, yeah. It's just guaranteed that when I come back, I'll be sick for two days. If you if you have two 24-hour flights in five days, <laughs> right? Yeah. So your immune system, you're just so yeah. tired, and then there's so yeah. many germs on the plane. Uh, yeah. I know how you feel, like because um, like just this last weekend, that you know, I flew back from LA, got home at like 10 o'clock at night went to sleep, got up at 5 a.m. to get to the airport, to fly to Montreal. And you can, you can somehow do it. Like, it doesn't even matter how sick you are. You <laughs> can do true. it. It's true. It's like there's an adrenaline while you're yeah. traveling. I once did like three cities in two days. I, I had one time I had to cancel a flight. Like, I was coming back from New Zealand to Berlin mm-hmm. through Bangkok and Denmark. So it was a 27 hour flight. And the next day I had a flight to Sao Paulo through Amsterdam. Mm. And I took the flight first to Amsterdam, and I was dizzy, and I felt like I was going to fall, and I was like, I'm not going. Uh, I called them, like, sorry, guys, and then I just went straight to my mom. And, uh, wow. Yeah. Have you, uh, this is, uh, you're just making me think, has there ever been a situation where you're on a plane and you don't want to get off because you got comfortable? In- <laughs> I've, I, I've had it many times that I sleep so deep, and then I wake up at the destination, and it yeah. takes me 15 minutes, and... The, the, uh, the plane is already completely empty. I'm like, wait, what happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. that. Yeah, it's a beautiful feeling. It, it, yeah. It's one of the, it's like the, the closest to travel ecstasy you can experience. Yeah, you want to have that hyper sleep, hyper drive where you just wake up at the other side of the universe and you're... It's also so rare. Like I chase that like a, like a dream that <laughs> yeah. I can't grasp it. Well, I've uh, been trying to time the flights in a way that I'm absolutely exhausted when I get to the airplane. Mm, mm. 
yeah so that's the, right the best you, is like if, if you your flight is at 2 a.m mm-hmm. yeah that, that's true so for jet lag though i want to give one piece of advice that i'm sure everyone already knows but if you don't know like there's different kinds of jet lag, right? Raphael, you were talking about like 24-hour jet lag, then there's like eight-hour jet lag. There are different kinds. The kind I'm experienced with most, and maybe most of our listeners will be with, is transatlantic. And so yeah. I think, you know... The, so like a six-hour gen- time difference? Yeah. Here's my advice, though. It's like, um, you can try and sleep on the fl- plane if you're going uh, east, uh, for, you know, if you're going from North America to Europe, but you're probably not going to be able to, right? Just, just because you're a human and it's uncomfortable. But don't like you, you know, everyone knows this, but I'm just going to state it. Resist the urge to go to sleep until, you know, no naps. Yeah. No, zero naps. Zero I can't, naps. I yeah. can't emphasize this enough. No, like, it's it's really crazy. I, I've been uh, I've been to Japan uh, maybe six, seven times. So mm-hmm. I went. That's the most difficult jet lag for me. And then a few times I did do the naps and it took me two weeks to get over the jet lag. I would be there for three weeks, yeah. but it, like two weeks. And then the last time I went. I got a, I got in in the morning and I had to go straight to a lecture and and uh, dinners and doing stuff, mm-hmm. and then by the time it was evening, I was so dead exhausted that I just slept a full night. I didn't have any jet lag then. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. my 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 theory. Um, do you know Bas Rutte, the the MMA fighter? He no, has this viral video, the heel to the balls, <laughs> a, a kick in it's the groin. That's so the jet lag. You have to stare the jet lag straight in the eyes and kick it in the groin. That's the only way. Okay. If you're like, hey, jet lag, let's be friends. Let's make a yeah. compromise. I'll do a little yeah. nap. And then, uh, no. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So you, you make sure you st- you basically decide at, at the outset. You're like, I'm going to have it's like you're going out for a, you're going to have a party. You're going to be out all night long. It's going to be fun. <laughs> like, yeah. You're not going to sleep for 24 hours. So the hours. theory the- is, is to exhaust yourself to the yeah. point where you almost skip one cycle and then the yeah. second cycle you just sleep because you're so exhausted exactly and if you but do anything else I heard else, another theory What's from the theory? Um, but this is if you have a lot of money mm. so the idea uh, this is from a CEO of uh, he told me you before you go somewhere you already get a little bit on the schedule so you either go to bed two hours later or two hours early already for a week mm-hmm. so you're, that, that uh, takes off the edge of the jet lag then when you get on the flight, you take a Xanax, so you sleep all the way through. Mm-hmm. But then you're also flying first class, so you're laying flat. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to the hotel, you get a massage. <laughs> and then and then you get right on the regular schedule, you, you ignore it. But that was his method. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's like the method that most people will identify with is like you're having a crazy night out drinking, just treat yeah. it that way. And then next day you you stay up until it's you know an early bedtime and i think you know try i've tried melatonin i've tried all of those things don't mess with your your sleep cycle with that stuff actually it's a bit dangerous uh you can you can screw things up and like Raphael said it could take you three weeks four weeks i'm i'm sure everyone's had these experiences but hopefully between raf and i like doing 100 flights a year (laughs) you get you get you get kind of we're like the battle-hardened version uh, well, it's weird, the, the, the jet lag thing, because I remember as a child, we would fly to Brazil and uh, just the mental warping my head around the concept of like, okay, my body is in another part of the world right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So my body thinks that I'm awake, but I'm actually, it, it's a, it was a very surreal sort of hyper reality yeah. feeling like you're on another planet. It's you like, could, okay, yeah. my, my, my soul is still in Europe, but my body is here. And, I think and then that, that's a dangerous me, it, train of thought, Raph, because you're, you're, it's an existential thought. Yeah, but it, 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 I think it really took me 25 years to understand it. That you just have to kick it in the groin. As you yeah, said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. before you're like, okay, wait, it's that time now. So if I pretend it's this time here and I can shave off one hour and then tomorrow I'll shave off another hour. Well, here, and here's the other thing. When you land, no one cares that you, oh, oh, you're tired. No one cares. No. <laughs> like just just pretend like it's normal, you know, yeah. like. and, and Well, there, but there's the other thing. When yeah. you travel with your wife, so you've been traveling a hundred times a year. She does it one time a year. So you're like, no, it's fine. Let's just stay up. And she's like, I'm dying. But the thing is, it's not like your body. Again, you have to escape that feeling and just know that. Yeah. You just commit to that. To the. It's like usually it's like no more than 36 hours of suffering. 
Yeah. And don't think of it as suffering. No, you have to use the excitement of, of yeah. where you're going. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, otherwise you're gonna you're gonna miss the fun of the actual the whole thing. You're gonna miss the present moment, as we always yeah. talk about in this podcast. But even as as much as that theory and and uh, I believe in it, and I fly to Australia and then just pretend there's no jet lag. Three days after the whole trip is done, I'll be like, there's a point where your mm. schedule is kind of open and your body is like, okay, you can be sick now. Yeah, no, of course that happens to me once a year. I haven't had that. I had. I guess I had that. Uh, I haven't had that. Maybe that's going to happen next week. <laughs> What's I'm, your schedule next? To week? get us back to the beginning, and, and we're running out of time here. But it's the holidays, and I've chosen not to travel, and I'm really looking forward to that because I can. Yeah. I can spend some time maybe playing a video game or like <laughs> doing some uh, research for upcoming projects, and you know these luxuries that you normally just. Uh, oh, we do a podcast. Time. Or maybe, yeah, but you'd have to do it from Brazil, so you'll have to take Yeah, the, the connection in that apartment is kind of unreliable, so we'll have to see if that works. Maybe you could just send me questions like by email <laughs> in recording. And, we can and do a home. podcast in Morse code. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I'm sure people will love that. Mm. Uh, anyway, we're just about out of time. This was like a very, uh, I don't know, it was verging on not an art podcast, mostly a travel podcast, but hopefully like we, you know, we sort of, shared some tips or a mindset about travel that um that you should do it yeah kick it in the balls when you have the opportunity take it that's all i'm saying say yes just say yes to travel yep um and that's all i guess for this week happy holidays and um we continue to hear from you give us five stars on on you know i've listened to other podcasts and they all ask you to give them five stars on itunes and then i looked yeah. up our us on itunes and someone did give us five stars and a oh, really, cool. really nice I, I review. I mean, what's been really nice is people have been sending me emails. Uh, yeah, those so, personal so, emails from what, you know, wonderful yeah. people. It's, it's, and they're like, keep going. Because I, I think people understand that podcasting is a, a very different medium where you don't get that direct response like in other social media. So it's nice to hear from people that they enjoy it. Yeah, and there's still some of you we haven't heard from. So. <laughs> <laughs> that we know you're listening. I was thinking about it. Do you... The only response you ever get as an artist, unless it's in a newspaper, is positive response. Nobody walks up to you and say, hey, man, your podcast sucks. You should stop. Yeah, it's usually through omission. That's the negative, right? When you don't hear everything, anything. Everyone knows the worst critique is no critique, right? It's like, you know, <laughs> just silence. Yeah. I did. I, I mean, I, when I was traveling this week, just to, you know, bring it back to travel for a second, then we're supposed to go, blah, blah, blah. Um, I w it was really nice because the people I stayed with had listened to the podcast and were like, and they told me about this one episode that resonated so much with them. It was the oh, small, cool. the small countries episode. Ah, and they're okay. like, you know, when you said this in the podcast, I was like, and I was, <laughs> and then I just continued the conversation. We talked for another hour about that's small fun. countries. Yeah, well, so that's like that's the idea story. of uploading the mind and uh, leaving it in different places. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. also the irony of a you know internet artist or media art podcast uh, about uh, moving through physical space, <laughs> uh, the reality of being yeah. you know body and flesh in, in the real world. So um, just uh, enjoy both sides. Cool. The, well, the I I'll bring my microphone to Brazil and uh, we'll see how it goes. Okay, good. I'm excited. Yeah, if we don't do this, maybe every week, I can do a podcast. There's there's free Wi-Fi at the beach in Rio. Well, so you know, I, mean, yeah, I could do it from the beach. That sounds amazing. I mean, I would love. I'd love to hear the beach in Rio. I can't be there, of course. You know, let's figure <laughs> out how to do one from the phone. Okay, let's try that. Yeah, I'm um, looking forward to it. And um, everyone, uh, enjoy your holidays if you if you're so lucky to have them. Yep. Okay. Bye. Bye. -bye.